views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Benny played that song. We have John Donnelly joining us here today. You know, John is, uh, yeah, he is uh, riding the waves of an important campaign, Fight Back for a Cure, Bike Ride in a City Near You. We have been following his journey as he goes from city to city, talking with people that have been suffering from Lyme disease, some people recently, some people for decades. You know, but here we are uh, looking at what it means to live with a disease that has basically been unrecognized in this country for decades. And thanks to people like John, people like Katina, uh, folks here in the Seattle area, myself, Dr. Darvish, and others that, you know, I would say years ago, uh, started to talk out about Lyme disease, what it was, especially in the state of Washington, where it was virtually unrecognized by the CDC, and uh, you know, back uh, ten years ago. So, I want to congratulate everyone, John, for uh, speaking out in a way they have. But I want to congratulate you, and I want to thank you for taking this to the streets. Uh, Bite back for a cure, thanks to Tickborne Disease Alliance, the folks there supporting this, what they've done. You can go to tbdalliance.org and find out lots about this, or we'll make sure we, we send you to bite back. John, thank you for joining us. It's great to hear you again. Great to get caught up with you, and thank you, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me again. Well, you know, you're someone that's uh, biking to a city near some of us, and uh, you decided to do this tour. We've talked about this a little bit, but give people a recap. Uh, if you would, of why you're doing this, and and then we'll talk about what this has been like for you. Mm-hmm. So um, I, like most people, didn't know much about Lyme disease until I got very sick. Um, ended up being diagnosed with Lyme disease in 2003 when I was 13 years old, but this was after years of, of you know, misdiagnosis, um, being undiagnosed, you know, my family didn't know much about Lyme disease. Um, the doctors I went to see didn't really know much about it either. And uh, I became very sick again during college after being healthy throughout high school. And once again, I kind of went through this runaround um, at doctor's offices, you know, kind of looking for the source of my illness. And um, it be- ended up being Lyme disease again. Um, both my parents my younger sister and my aunt have all suffered Lyme disease, and uh, I know many people who, too, have suffered with this disease. And after speaking with them, I realized, you know, what I went through was not exceptional. It's actually a fairly common thing um, to go undiagnosed for, you know, what can be several years, just because there's not a lot of awareness about these diseases. Um, many physicians are unaware um, of all of these diseases, and the diagnostic test 
is not very good. So I saw some problems surrounding this disease and um, saw that it was much larger than just my family's experience, and this was a national health crisis, and wanted to do some things to rectify that. So I came up with this idea to bike across the country to raise awareness about Lyme disease and to generate funding specifically for a new, accurate, and more accessible diagnostic test that, importantly, would be agreed upon by the entire medical community. And uh, more than that, though, it, it will, I wanted it to be a listening campaign. So I'd be meeting and speaking with patients along the way and staying with them. And we filmed all of those um, experiences and interviews and put them up on Facebook. And, um, you know, through the Tick-Borne Disease Alliance, we made this a real campaign, which started on September 29th from the Golden Gate Bridge. And now we're 44 days into the trip in Athens, Ohio. We have 700 miles left, and we'll be ending in New York City. We'll be crossing the George Washington Bridge and heading for Central Park, which is kind of the finish line. Well, I mean, you know, this is really what we're talking about here is uh, uh, seriously, seriously shining the light on something. You know, for, for many people, there have been so many myths around this, which we're going to talk about in another show. For those of you out there, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Horowitz uh, here soon, so we're going to get a lot of information from him. But I want to hear from you, John, about what have you uh, uh, come across? What are people saying to you uh, as you go from city to city? Is there a common theme, or is this different for different people? Um, I mean, all of the conversations are different, but there's definitely um, similarities and patterns that I see. I, I think the most obvious one is just how long people go without a diagnosis. Um, I've spoken with patients who have seen upwards of 50 doctors um, before they get a diagnosis, and along the way they're losing organ, organs, they're spending all their money going bankrupt, uh, losing personal relationships. And um, just kind of seeing these people in the, the flesh and blood, it, it just breaks your heart to hear these stories. And that's just a, a lack of awareness thing. And it can be particularly devastating in regions where Lyme disease isn't really talked about. So, for instance, right. in states like Kansas and Indiana and Ohio, um, I met uh, patients who are dreadfully sick, um, wheelchair sick. And um, from that, you know, I just realized it's a lack of awareness, and it just reconfirms um, why we're doing this, which is to raise awareness and to come up with a better diagnostic test um, that will diagnose people early and prevent them from developing chronic health problems. So one of the things that I wanted to talk with you about is you mentioned a couple of things, and let's just, let's just not uh, kind of skirt over the issue because I think it's important. You know, mm -hmm. you talk to people that have basically lost everything. Uh, one of the yep. things that that I wanted to ask you about, you know, beyond losing sort of the all of your your net worth, because for most people. Uh, they don't know that for, this is not a recognized disease. Chronic Lyme disease not recognized, not recognized right. in the health industry, not recognized by insurance companies. And so, you know, uh, when we hear stories of people on the verge of bankruptcy, some people have gone bankrupt to try to fight this, you know, there's an emotional part of this. 
You know, what has the emotional side of this journey been like for you, John? For me, just hearing these stories, it's it's really tough because it's one thing to be really sick, like you can't even get out of bed sick, but then to see a doctor and to have, you know, him or her deny the very existence of what you're going through, like mm-hmm. that, that's just abandonment. So um, I have spoken with patients who, you know, are frustrated about the way their illnesses have gone, but more than anything, they're not really looking for sympathy. They just want results, and they want measurable results. So um, they're hoping that by sharing their stories um, through Facebook that we'll get more awareness to this issue and and ultimately more funding. Um, So, I mean, I I think there, there is an emotional part to this, but... I kind of see this ride as, you know, the road not taken, and maybe mm-hmm. we just need to redefine what these illnesses are altogether. So I know there there is a lot of emotional stuff that has happened around these diseases. There's a lot of controversy, a lot of ambiguity. Um, I'd really just like to start all over again with much better research and a much better diagnostic test. Yeah. Uh, I think the one thing that we're not going to debate anymore is the fact that there are people sick from Lyme disease. I think that's yeah. what the common public, despite what we're not getting from the medical profession, uh, natural doctors across the country, and I have to say one thing in, uh, about this. I live in the state of Washington, and I want to take my hats off to all of the natural doctors, the holistic practitioners out there that have recognized the occurrence of Lyme disease in the state of Washington way far before we could get anybody's attention here. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I know that that's been, you know, so important for us. I want to take my hat off for a minute if we could talk about uh, the folks at Tick-Borne Disease Alliance for a minute. Yep. You know, these are the folks that are pretty much sponsoring this, this ride. These are the folks that we're in support of. Let's talk about what this was like for them to step up and what their organization's about. Because for you guys out there, go to tbdalliance.org or Google Tick-Borne Disease Alliance and you'll find a lot of information. What, what has uh, working with them been like for you? It, it's been an amazing experience. Um, as I was reaching out to organizations back in, you know, January and February, um, I just immediately connected with them. Um, they, they have a national agenda, and they're just very eager to collaborate with other organizations across the country. So because of their connections and their willingness to collaborate, uh, I've, I've met with so many different support groups, and just throughout the whole process, they've kind of been um, setting up the logistics for me. You know, it's very difficult to kind of organize things as you're on the road and biking 100 miles a day, so they've been taking care of all that and just really being a huge advocate for me and patients across the country more generally. So they're, they're really all about patient advocacy defending patients' rights, um, educating physicians about these diseases, raising awareness in general, and providing funding to find a better diagnostic test. So it's a lot of compassion for what um, patients are going through, but also a rational science-based approach to, you know, get us out of what has been um, a very frustrating situation. Well, I think we've hit on a couple of different frustrating points. For, for the listeners out there, and I will say this, 
um, you know, while this show uh, is broadcast out of uh, Washington State, it is also across the country. And a hats off to our WBLQ affiliate who uh, broadcasted and supported our journey when we were on Martha's Vineyard. I want to tell folks a little bit about what your next steps are, where you're going to be, because you're going to now start to travel uh, to the East Coast, to Pennsylvania, to Morristown, New Jersey, where I used to live, and then into New York. So give us a little snapshot of, of where you're going from here. Right. So we're in Athens, Ohio right now, and we're heading for Mordentown, West Virginia. So mm-hmm, we should right. be there in about two days. And I think we have um, we, we have media lined up in that area. And then from Mordentown, the next big stop is going to be in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And then from there, we'll be going to Philadelphia, and that's on the 24th and 25th. And then from Philly, we're going to Morristown, New Jersey, your old hometown, your old town and my hometown. Yeah. And from there, we have a bit of a layover until December 1st, and that's where I'll be meeting up with a bunch of people in Morristown, and we'll all be biking into New York City together. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping Linda's going to get out there because, uh, you know, we are looking to continue to support you uh, all along the way. Very, very important. I want to share a little story with you, John, because I know this is really, this is something that um, I think you're going to relate to, and I want you to share a little bit about your journey. I was at an mm-hmm. awards dinner Friday night uh, in New York, um, and uh and, uh, and I got to sit with some incredible people uh, at that dinner. And I happened to have a conversation of one of the gold winners uh, shortly afterwards. And we were talking about you, and we were talking about what you're doing. And there were three of us standing there. Now, what percentage of the three of us would you guess, would you guess, uh, 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 has suffered from Lyme disease? Well, you know, I mean, just, just a shot. Just a shot. <laughs> I'd say just, yeah, yeah, if I had to yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah, all right. So let me just go like this. A hundred, 200% of us. Why? <laughs> because one of the women I spoke with, not only did she have it, but at the time was pregnant and her child had it. Now, here we are. Wow. Isn't this fascinating? If you, if you and I were having this conversation five years ago, most of us, most people would have been laughing at us. Have we come a long way, John? What's your sense of this? I think we have come a long way. Um, mm-hmm. I think a really good indication of this is the number that the Centers for Disease Control came out with about two months ago, which is that yeah. 300,000 people suffer with this disease every year. I mean, it's probably much bigger for that because it doesn't even take into account other tick-borne diseases, um, which we're finding out there's a dozen known pathogens, and we're finding more on an ongoing basis. Um, And then people are being more vocal about this. Um, We're pushing for legislation. Um, People are talking about it. You're talking about it. Katina's talking about it. It's starting to become um, a, a national problem that's being covered by national media, um, and that's great. Um, I know Under Our Skin did a lot for the cause, yep. um, but it seemed like there was a, a bit of a lapse, and I'm really hoping that right now we can really capitalize on all of this momentum and really 
do something that makes a measurable difference. But obviously, um, this all comes down to, to funding for new research. You know, what all of the conversations I've had with patients across the country points toward is more research and more funding for these diseases. It's a yeah. very complicated issue, and we're not tackling it with sufficient resources yet. So, John, I want to ask you about one thing that we're, I know we're not talking about, and, 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 I, and I do want to mention this. You know, one of the hardest conversations to have uh, around this illness is the fact that it is, it is a killer. Now, that's harsh language, um, but um, I, I want to use that because one of, the, one of the people in the film, and you mentioned the film Under Our Skin, when we did the viewing of that film in Seattle, we did it in a state that was so anti any conversation about this. And thanks to Dr. Darvish and others and Dr. Marty, they brought this to the forefront. But two weeks before one of the folks in the film was to come out and meet with uh, one of my doctors, she passed away, uh, as we hear many, many times from people. Um, what kind of stories have people shared with you? I mean, I'm sure you have run into folks that have lost people to this. Can you talk to that for a minute? Because I think there's another myth around this, you know, that this yeah. is just one of these things that you get and goes away. But that's not the reality of what you're hearing, is it? Not, it's not the reality. I think that's kind of a cookie-cutter definition of Lyme disease. <laughs> um, right. There's a lot out there that we, we don't know about. And, you know, uh, one story that I heard, and this wasn't even in a scheduled interview. This was me riding through Kansas, um, kind of feeling a little lonely and stopping to speak with a farmer who I saw on the side of the road. And he said that um, his... Uh, sister's ex-husband um, died of a tick-borne disease, encephalitis. Um, he mm -hmm. went to the doctor's office. They didn't know what was happening to him. He just had severe inflammation of his brain, um, ultimately ended up dying of encephalitis, and they found the tick in his belly button. So, I mean, these diseases, while they may often be lifestyle changing, they, they can be life-threatening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do want to say is there's a lot of information out there. Definitely um, folks can go to tickborndisealliance.org uh, tick and, and check it out. Well, give, give folks, folks your website, the Bite Back uh, website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can go to the best, the best website to go to is tbdalliance.org. That's TBD as in tickborne disease alliance.org and then we make videos every day and those are both of me and my experiences on the bike and a lot of patient interviews and you can find those at um, TBDA's Facebook site so that's facebook.com slash TBD Alliance and we're that's where we're doing most of most of our you know social um, communication it's all up there I want to ask you, you know, this is this is the beginning of what we're talking about here in terms of shining the light of awareness for folks on this. Um, there are many things that people know and many things that people don't know. Uh, now we're starting to see information about Lyme disease in dogs and so forth and so on. You know, what are some of the things that uh, you've discovered along the way, John, where you've said, 
wow, really? I mean, I'm sure you've had many, many conversations uh, conversations with folks, um, but I'm sure you've also had some aha moments. Uh, can you think about what some of those might be? Um, actually, I went to see a researcher at the University of Illinois named Dr. Mm-hmm. Brian Allen, and he studies mm-hmm. the ecology of infectious disease, and he focuses on Lyme disease and all tick-borne diseases. And just hearing about all the different diseases that exist out there um, and the, the technology that he's able to work on right now because he's not really um, involved in the mm-hmm. controversy of these diseases, um, that, that gave me a lot of hope, and that was kind of an aha moment in noticing that there's a lot of different um, areas we need to attack this disease from, and definitely um, understanding the ecology and how these diseases come about and mm-hmm. how we might anticipate where they'll spread. I think mm-hmm. that's very important. Um, and I, I learned so much when I speak with every um, patient across the country, but paradoxically, it's kind of like the more people... I meet and speak with, and the more I learn, the more I realize that there's so much about these diseases I don't know, and we right. don't know as a community. Um, right. And it just all points to the need for more research, really. Right. I know that our time is really coming to a close here, but I want to ask you, what have been your personal struggles? What have you been your personal challenges with cycling 80 miles a day? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. I felt like uh like I felt really good for the first few weeks and then it all started catching up with me a little bit. So, um eighty to a hundred miles a day, it's it's definitely difficult. And then um speaking with patients, you know, sometimes those um conversations can be emotional, you know, heartbreaking, but it, yeah. it's all inspiring and I've gotten such good support from the people I've met. Um, and stayed with on the road, and then also just the feedback I've been getting on Twitter and Facebook and social media has kept me totally inspired. So now we've got like 700 miles left in the ride, and um, you know that that may not even be enough enough time um, to really see this project through. So very much looking forward to staying involved in Lyme disease advocacy, um, even when we get to New York City. Beautiful. One more time, John. Thank you so much for all you do. And as I've mentioned to our listeners, we are planning to get together with you all uh, and bring this cause to Seattle in the spring. So thank you for joining us here. Give out your websites again. So um, the best way to find information about the Tick-Borne Disease Alliance is to go to tbdalliance.org. That's TBD as in Tick-Borne Disease Alliance.org. And you can look at our Facebook videos on facebook.com slash TBD Alliance. And then you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at John Donnelly. That's J-O-H-N-D-O-N-N-A-L-L-Y. And then uh, the TBD Alliance also. And I think that's, that's pretty much it. That's good. Well, I can't wait to talk with you again. Uh, Much love to you, John. And again, thank you so much for your courage and your courage and faith in action. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. We're going to take a short break, everyone. I told you we had an incredible lineup today. 
John Donnelly, our hats off to you. Hats off to Limelight Radio with Katina Macris. Our hats off to Tick-Borne Disease Alliance. Please go out there and support and fund this so we could bring this deadly disease to a halt. Let's take a short break, everyone. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Friedman Schaub. I love, love, love this lineup today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW. AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio. Would you like to transform your life and help create a brighter future for our planet? On November 16th, join inspiring visionaries Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden here in Seattle to get your shift together, exploring the science of personal and global transformation. Come learn the latest about the nexus between science and spirituality and gain new insights to help positively shift your own world and the world beyond. For more information about this exciting event, go to drjoedispenza.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Would you like to transform your life and help create a brighter future for our planet? On November 16th, join inspiring visionaries Dr. Joe Dispenza and Greg Braden here in Seattle to get your shift together, exploring the science of personal and global transformation. Come learn the latest about the nexus between science and spirituality and gain new insights to help positively shift your own world and the world beyond. For more information about this exciting event, go to drjoedispenza.com. 